Welcome to the very first episode of the Pandemic Job Hunt Podcast. This podcast aims to break down key techniques and to uncover the industry secrets to help you stand out in getting a job during this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic we are living in. And I am your host, Andrew Barry. I am very proud to announce that the very first guest on the Pandemic Job Hunt podcast is Edward Johnson. He is the founder and CEO of Iconic Limited and is currently working on data science and blockchain projects. Edward is currently based out of Toronto, Canada. However, he comes from the land of England. And before moving to the city, he had an extensive finance career in Germany and Switzerland and is also the former CTO of AIG Private Bank Limited. From his executive and management experience, he really enjoys mentoring others and is the current lead for the Toronto chapter of the Project Management Institute's Career Accelerator Program. I had a really good conversation with Edward on job hunting during a pandemic. He's a lot of great techniques and insights and is a big believer in mastering the craft of storytelling. So stay tuned. So hi, Edward. Welcome to the Pandemic Job Hunt Podcast. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing, man? (laughs) <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really glad that you're on the show today. Pleased uh, to be we have here. a lot to uh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about uh, job hunting during the pandemic. Cool. And uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, with you. How how you've been doing lately? Uh, what are you up to lately? I've been doing. Um, I've been building a few things um, in terms of systems, mm-hmm. um, building relationships. Uh, I just got a new puppy. In the last few months, so that's taking up uh, in last nice. month, That's taking up some pandemic time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, doing okay, not okay with the stuff that's been happening in the news. Um, oh yes, yes. I even got stopped by the police this morning. Oh, uh, which just for um, rolling over a stop sign, uh, very very slowly. But that was pretty traumatic. Just waiting um, mm-hmm. for the police, but generally. Um, coping and and working. Yeah, hard. did you see the uh, NBA strike yesterday? I think the guys are right. Um, yeah, it's 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 okay to wear a t shirt and to do all of that stuff, but at some point, you know, then attention needs to be taken away from from games mm-hmm. and through to people actually dying. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're right. Do it for some time mm-hmm. or even completely. Yeah, when I saw that uh, the NBA, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks just not going on to court, I was like, "Wow, this is a very powerful statement in itself." And I and, love, I love those guys, but you know, yeah, but it's they're more than basketball. They are resuming the games, I think, on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, um, so I heard um, it, was a, it was a good statement, though. A lot of conversation, you know, on social media about it, and I think it was very powerful. They really put their um, the money. Uh, their money on their where their mouth is essentially. Yeah, yeah. I actually spoke to somebody this morning who was from a reputable university um, about what they've been trying to change, and I'm really mm-hmm. encouraged about that. Um, but what we know is it is a slog. It mm-hmm. it's not you know in the papers and out. This is real life. It goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So tell me a little bit more, uh, going back to the show's topic, tell me a little bit more about uh, how has your career been affected since the start of the pandemic and what's going on there? What have you, what have changed in terms of like your approach to your career in terms of networking or building on something? Like, tell me, tell me more 
from your perspective? So um, when the pandemic hit um, back in February, at least here in Toronto, mm -hmm. I just came back from London and I got very, very sick. Mm -hmm. um, and I was tested for COVID even in very early March. Um, I had a couple of hackathons that were planned um, that I had to cancel um, mm -hmm. because, you know, firms were saying we can't do this anymore. So you don't get the space. And slowly but surely, we all fell into this kind of pandemic situation. And that also, I, I noticed, you know, big, big areas like 111 closing with oh, yes. firms all at once, these big tech firms, startups. I've been involved in the startup world. And these firms, one by one, were just, you know, stopping, following. I, I did everything. not expect 111 to shut down that quickly. I think it shut down like within a month. Oh yeah, lockdown. it was than that. Yeah, it, it was, was it was it was really, it was really fast. Yeah, yeah. So I know. I, I guess mean, their, their business model is a bit different for like a co-working space. Sure, sure, sure. But you know, we've also been to co-working spaces, like um, yeah. one that I won't name, but we've been even you and I together. I think so. <laughs> yes. So I think you know everything just changed rapidly. And in terms of a career search, I had to you know take some downtime. I think about. Mm -hmm. Um, it was about a week or two after I was very, very sick with the COVID um, mm -hmm. or equivalent. I took a week um, and I said, you know, I have to just take some time to think about what am I going to do? And I heard a lot of people, you know, feeling pretty bad and so on. And I said, you know what? I think this could be an opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think the next three months at least are going to be tough for everybody. And I yeah. decided then... Um, I think it was it was late March um, or even uh, you know early April. I said I'm going to build stuff. I'm going to actually try and take this by the horns and try and build things that I haven't built before, and try and get on with people that I haven't got on before. Um, I'm mm -hmm. going to be the contrarian. That's what I felt at that time, and I and I didn't expect to find a job during that. Let's say the next eight weeks. So I said I want to use that time for something else. Yes, I really like your approach. Um, you know, you know the, there was hiring freezes across the board on all industries. Uh, people were losing their jobs left and right within the first three months of the pandemic. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's obviously a very unfortunate place to be in if you are transitioning your career or you just don't have a job in the moment. Uh, it really does seem like it could be a little bit hopeless uh, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. However, I remember early in the pandemic... I was listening to a podcast and in that podcast, they talked about choosing a live time versus dead time in relation yeah. to the pandemic. And the um, anecdote they re referenced was uh, the fact that people in history have been quarantined, have been in lockdown before learning the Black Plague, for example. Sure. Did you know that uh, William Shakespeare during uh, the Black Plague, where he had to be locked down in his own home, he wrote a good bunch of uh, his famous plays that we know today. And the concept of choosing a live time versus dead time is, okay, see this as opportunity. Yeah. What can you make the most of this time in this moment? That's exactly, uh, I didn't know that about Shakespeare. And I yeah, love it's a really cool stuff. fact, yeah. I love the stuff he does, but I don't know all of the stuff around him. Yeah. Um, but I can really, I can really relate to that um, because I think, I think actually ha being very ill early in March and having one of the first COVID tests in Canada 
made me think, you know, I could have died. Mm. So now I need to to live. I need to do something. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, we live in a house. We have a garden. So we, we were pretty isolated, but comfortable enough during that time um, to stay isolated. So we, we said, let's do something. And, and that's mm -hmm. where I, I think it was that moment. And I believe that if I hadn't been as sick as I was, I probably wouldn't have taken the same approach. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. I, did, I did not know that uh, when you got sick earlier, which you weren't tested positive for COVID at all. I uh, didn't know that was a, had a big impact in your, in your life. And your yeah, I, back was, then. I was tested negative, but mm -hmm. um, my family doctor said, you know what, <laughs> looking at the symptoms and all of those other mm. things you had, and the, the fact that the false negatives were 35%, she said, oh. I, yeah, yeah. Wow. I did not know time, that. 35%. And so she said, you can assume that you probably had it uh, for sure wow. with all the symptoms. And, um, and, I, and I've never felt that bad in my life anyway. Mm. But okay, instead of, uh, so that's, you know, that was an episode. Yeah. But it galvanized me after I was fit mm -hmm. to really so, try and say to build things i guess in the time where you're building things it's also like i guess the fact that we are living in the year 2020 and there's so many tools and digital tools it's so much easier to build stuff to connect with people to gain information uh what tools and connections did you you know build or you know utilize during the first three months or even till now would you say yeah so I, I, you know, getting into various communities, Slack became very big. And, um, I, you know, I, I was using Slack all the time um, for, I think I was involved in six or seven communities at that time. And then individuals within those communities. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a few articles on LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, to help me to get through this, but also to help others. Mm -hmm. I think I wrote an article, for instance, about... Um, you know, staying fit um, and healthy during the pandemic time, how should your desk look and so on. Mm -hmm. There were a number of people roast, but I needed to do that as well. Um, and so LinkedIn, use, just using LinkedIn overall was great. Um, I started to use WhatsApp a lot more um, to contact people, whether family abroad or also here. Um, you know, I was using WhatsApp before mainly for, technical kind of things and just keeping on trend with people in the blockchain community. But this time um, it went more personal. Mm -hmm. So I was using those kind of tools. Um, I, I wasn't a TikTok guy before, but of course I had to look into TikTok as well. Um, you know, before the pandemic, um, there was a huge emphasis that uh, people now in their careers have to really spend a lot of time digitally branding themselves, putting themselves out there. Yeah. And now that we are in a pandemic, that is more true than ever, or because we can't go and meet with people, you know, in a conference, we can't connect with people, uh, you know, offline, we have to think of new ideas, new ways to put yourself out there and connect with other people. And you mentioned that, uh, you spent a lot of time writing LinkedIn articles, uh, building yeah. projects. Did you find by doing that, were you able to connect to new people? And uh, uh, what 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 uh, what recommendations would you have for someone who is not that, I guess, uh, or who is a little bit shy in terms of putting themselves out there and putting their own thoughts out there? 
Okay, so I've got a few things. Um, I I actually wrote a bit before, but not mm-hmm. that much. Um, and I and I think that if I just take the people who are shy, I am part introvert, mm-hmm. although I seem extrovert. Um, nobody wants to be shown to make mistakes or to expose too much. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, and I really took it on that now is the time actually to expose more mm-hmm. um, because I, I believe that if you have, if when you're searching for a job, um, you have to make yourself appear to be different from the others. Mm-hmm. If you all have equal skills, what makes you different? And, and so I believe that writing um, and exposing or going on to Zoom conferences and when you're in a Zoom conference or an event, actually writing something, um, you know, communicating with the speakers in, in, in that time. I decided to do that. So if you've been on any of the conferences or any of those things that I've been on at the same time, you'll have seen that, you know, one of the 20 people who have written something in the chat channel would be me. Mm-hmm. because uh, and, and that's actually helped to connect with people um, for other subjects, um, for job-related things as well. I've built, I've, I've actually built friends through mm-hmm. just doing that and hearing, you know, after a chat maybe that, um, you know, a conference, someone reaches out on LinkedIn and said, hey, I really liked that comment that you wrote. I was mm-hmm. thinking that, but I didn't write it. Uh, and then you have a conversation. Um, and then eventually it gets further. And that's happened to me with a few people. Do so you, do you think it's easier to put yourself out there on a digital space versus a offline space since, you know, you're no. behind the screen or whatnot or, or. No, I think it's, I think it's, it's not, e- I mean, it goes with your personality. It isn't easy in the digital world because we have the contrast of Facebook where people say anything they like and they don't mm-hmm. care. Um, and when we come to something which is more of a, a more business-like social platform um, that might impact your career, you have to actually be auth- more authentic. And sometimes it's difficult to be authentic. How um, do you be more authentic on a digital space? I find it very hard sometimes, especially on LinkedIn, since everyone on LinkedIn is very formalized and whatnot. And you know, ge- there's a general focus on the positives and on every little thing. How do you really make yourself sound a little bit more authentic in your own words. Okay, so I think that um, authenticity is not done in one or two tweets or one Mm -hmm. or two um, comments. It's done, you know, over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to look at four or five people every every day and I'm all their comments and I'm going to comment on those. Um, But I'm going to say something that's it doesn't have to be complimentary. But ideally, it should be complementary or neutral. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to be not complementary, give a give a contrasting idea mm-hmm. that might also be useful for them. It should be about the other one that you're communicating to. Mm-hmm. And then over time, people will see that actually this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you have an opinions. Two, you're not a mean person. And um, and three, you know, you really can engage with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, over time again over time is really important and i've noticed on your linkedin that you spend a lot of time engaging and commenting on other threads and and platforms Uh, like uh, walk me through like your life in a day in terms of like your linkedin usage like how do you approach that because i'm not not a i'm not a linkedin junkie but uh, no but like i I definitely 
on my LinkedIn feed, I see you are very active compared to yeah. most people in my network. Uh, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, so of course, you know, there are things will pop up for me in the morning, in the early morning, uh, or late at night. Those are the two times I might have a quick look mm-hmm. at some articles there are some people i follow and then i maybe have an opinion and i'll put in a one-liner i mean this morning i think yesterday or the day before i wrote something about uh toasters and refrigerators getting together in security and stealing bitcoin from the owner Mm. um so and that's a a, that's a security guy that i know that i once spoke with and he often puts out articles so you know, that took me five minutes. It, it wasn't very long, but mm-hmm. it keeps the conversation going. But it also, um, you know, I, I link with him in that way, and he may have a look at what I'm doing. Mm. Um, similarly, on the AI side, um, you know, if I see something that's interesting to do with GANs or mm-hmm. or with NLP, I might, I might, I'll, I will definitely read through. Mm-hmm. I'll take 20 minutes in a day and read through some articles. Okay. Um, and then I'll see who is commenting. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I often don't want to be the first one yeah. to comment, but I will, you know, throw something in that um, might be relevant um, to that. I, um, I'll give another example of something to do with Airbnb parties the other day. And um, I've actually had a house where it's which been a bit wrecked for an Airbnb. Oh. Yeah, that's a whole um, debate in itself. Should we ban people uh, under twenty-five to rent? No, we shouldn't. No, <laughs> no, and I think we shouldn't. I think there's a business niche for Airbnb to say, "Hey, do you have a house that you don't mind renting out?" And people will pay a high rate for that to be a party house. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that uh, in there. Okay. Um, I think I had over fifty likes or comments mm-hmm. to do with what I said, mm-hmm. but it was. It took me three minutes to write mm-hmm. that. Um, and you know, things to do with diversity and equity, I also might make a few comments on because as a, as a black man, I also get affected mm-hmm. every now and then, but I want to battle that and mm-hmm. make the world a better place by giving good comment and not just being angry. Mm-hmm. So, do, so yeah, it's, I think it's important to contribute in that way. Do you also use Twitter on? I do. I do, mm-hmm. but not as much. Um, I've, I've- I've recently, I would say in the past couple of months, fallen in love with Twitter. Um, mm. I've had Twitter, you know, for 10 years already. However, it was not a platform I really enjoyed or really engaged with. However, during the pandemic, I started engaging it with a lot more, following a lot more uh, thought leaders and people in the various spaces I'm very interested in. And I find Twitter to be an amazing platform to gain advice, be inspired, and contribute to a conversation. It's a little bit more casual than LinkedIn, in my opinion. Yeah, I was casual, reading, yeah. And I was reading this one uh, tweet that you know really made me think. It said that uh, Twitter is now a resume for your thoughts. And I think mm. it's more important these days now since we are, you know, we are at home, uh, one way we can engage in the public and the world is by tweeting about things, contributing to ideas, showing basically your little thought trails, and see. Just it is a way to show that you're active and you're interested in this space, and you're you're trying to gain more knowledge. And the idea that Twitter could be, um, I guess, if you use it in a very professional way, a, a resume uh, for your thoughts, uh, really intrigued me. And I think it, it is true uh, because when you're putting yourself out there and putting 
more content out there, you want to, I guess, it's just part of your developing your personal brand and of who you are, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I actually am a split personality. Mm-hmm. I use Twitter for um, my personal interests like sport mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, photography and all of the hobby type of things or the fun things. I use Twitter for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe some political comment, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and LinkedIn I use more for other things, mm-hmm. uh, which are more business. But I do also do a bit of Twitter. I've been on Twitter since the very beginning. And mm-hmm. um, I've, I've, I also see it as a barometer for people's thoughts it to is. an extent. Yeah. Um, but I, I also don't want to be on one platform like constantly during the day and Twitter is something that would suck me in. And this is why mm-hmm. I've kind of resisted for it for the business side. But um, yeah, I've, I've also been involved with uh, business conferences on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask me anything and that kind of thing. And it can be really, really useful. Yeah, yeah. I, I find Twitter these days a lot more inspiring uh, than LinkedIn in terms of getting new ideas. Uh, yeah. I guess because it's a little bit more immediate. People can think of a tweet where like people yes. who engage with LinkedIn, they, they have a little bit more thought towards like what they want to post. Yes. Connect. So it's a little bit more like immediate information that I can get that if I want to look for something. Yeah. And I think, for example, like tech Twitter and VC Twitter, I think is a lot more bigger on Twitter than the conversation there than True. I would yeah, say on I LinkedIn. Agree. I, absolutely, absolutely. I think that LinkedIn, um, since Microsoft took them over, um, are still trying to find their place. Yeah, they of course would like to absorb millions and millions and millions of people mm-hmm. and all of the social chat, but um, they 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 can't compete with Facebook and Twitter in that respect, and they need to find the balance mm-hmm. between hoovering up everybody and hoovering up all of the opinions. And yeah. I don't think they've got that right yet. They need time. Yeah, I think, I don't know what the future of LinkedIn is, but I definitely think they haven't really evolved that much in the past three, four years. It's been very, like, same. Like, you use it. But they do have a lot of data about yes, people's they do have judgment. a lot, yeah. And I think that's something that, the one of the reasons why Microsoft bought them is to, um, to change um, the job's, Make jobs go to people rather people going to jobs. That was their idea. Anyways, uh, so let's talk about um, job hunting during this pandemic. You've mentioned that, uh, you know, you have to build a lot more, you know, applications since you, you work in, you're in data science and AI. That means uh, work expanding your data science portfolio, uh, working on whatever projects related to the field. Uh, how about uh, reaching out? Do you do you reach out to recruiters and actively try to connect with them? And and what's your strategy for that? Okay, I think um, I think it depends on the field that you're in mm-hmm. as to how you need to do that. I reach out to certain recruiters, but on a personal basis. That's me personally. I try to do that mm-hmm. because. Um, Recruiters are really busy, yeah. and they work for their clients, yeah. and I I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I never believe that you know a recruiter can be a true friend who's only going to find you the one person a job because that's not their job, mm-hmm. and I'm realistic about that. But I have reached out to a few. Um, some have helped me, you know, with transitioning, mm-hmm. um, doing stuff with my resume, 
you know, trend, take, making my resume from, let's say, uh, very chronological into something that's more functional mm -hmm. uh, to say, what am I doing right now rather than what did I do 10, 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. um, and then be, giving an honest view about that. So it's important to reach out to recruiters on a personal basis, mm -hmm. um, but not to expect too much. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're trying to make a genuine important. connection with this recruiter. Absolutely. I think I have like three that I genuinely mm -hmm. have a good connection to who will be honest. Well, uh, it's, a, it's an employer's market these days. There's so many people unemployed. Totally. Uh, what would you say are some tips for someone to stand out when they shoot a LinkedIn message to a recruiter? Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm ready. What do you do? Yeah. What do I do? Um, that you find out has been working for you. I go direct. Yeah. I actually do. Ne I, I look through my network and see who I can, who can introduce me. Okay. Um, that's the first thing I do. I will look in my network and say, okay, you know, this person or that director or whatever at that company or that startup. Mm -hmm. um, can you get, can you, you know, mm -hmm. just tell them a bit about me. And then if they open the door, then I'm going to send that person a direct message. And I'm, and I'm usually very honest in mm -hmm. my message. I'll say, I'll say, you know, I can send you a resume which covers most of the points that you're after. Mm -hmm. But if you are willing to talk to me, I can give you something that isn't on the resume. Okay. And that and that's more of a personal touch because yeah. um, I can actually tell you what's more important um, for, at least from my point of view, what's important for me to bring to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and that isn't always about you know do you know JavaScript or yeah for sure uh, you know language X Y or Z. There's got to be more to that within a team, and that's what I try to bring. Okay, so you know on one end there is, for example, if you're looking for a specific company you want to like apply for or you know have a discussion with, and you know if you have a mutual connection, that's an easy way in. However. Sometimes you look at a company and you realize you have no connection at all, no secondary connection or third connection. Um, yeah. What do you do? Do you try to network directly to recruiter or do you network within like some employee within a certain team and try to ask for their thoughts? Yeah, sometimes you don't have someone, but um, I look at it from, you know, what have I done? Maybe I've been to an event and I've met someone who isn't in that company, but maybe knows people in that company. Mm -hmm. Or I look in my kind of hobby network, you know, the kind of things I do, you know, if it's being a soccer fan or being a photography mm -hmm. fan or being a baseball fan, I might know, for instance, um, an accountant who works for Big Bank X. Mm -hmm. And um, I already have a connection with them. It's not through LinkedIn, but I have a connection mm -hmm. that is a real connection as a person. Mm -hmm. And I might say, look, can you spend a you know a few minutes and try and find me a way into that company? Mm. Uh, or can you look into your network to see if you know someone who is in a company that you're not at, mm -hmm. but that I want to go to? Mm -hmm. Can you find me a way? Or I, you know, and and uh, again, there are still many many events which cover um, you know wide areas and a wide number of companies. Mm -hmm. So it's possible to go to an AI event mm -hmm. which has maybe thirty companies there. And look through the guests and find out, yeah. you know, someone to get a connection. And and I'm direct, you know, I'll say, 
we're in a pandemic. I don't have time to waste. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you not to advocate for me, but just to tell mm. me if you know someone useful who is an open type of person mm. that I can have an information interview. Okay. With. So you want to score that information in formal interview or conversation, yeah. which is an informal interview. And, Always. You know, Everything's an everything interview. Everything's an interview. Um, I mean, I think when I was looking for a job, uh, that was a very important. Try to find that informal interview first. Usually have a little casual conversation is a great way to get in. Yes. Um, have a coffee, yeah. which we can't do now, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, we, having a real-life coffee is so much better than a virtual coffee. And yeah. I yeah. think it also what happens, the fact that we're behind like a digital screen, I think a lot of times uh, if you're on the receiving end, it's so much easier to ignore a request to have a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've had requests come through to me on LinkedIn from people from all over the world saying, you know, you have X thousand connections. I want to join your, your group. And <laughs> I look at it and, but yeah, but there is something, um, this is a side note, but something about me is, uh, I believe that when you try and connect with someone, I, I mean, I love to have a genuine connection with people. Yeah. And that means you, you have to ask them a question or tell them something, mm. um, come with something in your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can do that, it's a really nice start. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I've, I've had LinkedIn requests come to me and I've actually sent the people back saying, can you ask me something? Yeah. And we've actually then had discussions. And there's, for yeah. instance, a guy in London that I'm now connected with. And it was pretty adversarial for the first few comments but then we we actually are connected mm -hmm. now and i and we are looking at each other's articles and he's an interesting person interesting um i find myself when uh trying to connect with someone on linkedin you know but to get information on a certain topic or company i realize you know people love talking about themselves in totally. general so yes. sometimes my approach is i want to ask them about their story and how yes. they got to where they are in that position, and you know, so and when they do accept, uh, it's very lovely to like have them tell how they got to their position. Because when they tell that story, generally, there's like a lot of like little nuggets of information you can get in terms of like how they approach this and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of doing it mm -hmm. as well. As well, um, not I mean, not necessarily if they're experienced, they might not appreciate being flattered too much yeah but most people can't resist it yeah i'm uh, i was ask them like how they got to their position i would also ask tell them like honestly like yeah i'm looking to get more information in this field or like i'm a young professional in this field yeah. and just showing that you're honest and humble i think really helps them you know i guess when they look at their linkedin uh, requests maybe they'll pick you over some generic connection they did someone just said absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because you reached touch, out yeah yeah, reaching out with a personal touch is is brilliant, mm -hmm. um, and is and but and a genuine mm -hmm. personal touch. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in, this is a pandemic time. It is time to be genuine and to be authentic yeah. because everybody's stressed. Everyone. So uh, you know, to have some truth come to you, you know, someone who's actually coming and is genuine is a, is a great thing than just to someone who's coming and saying, "Give me X, give me Y, mm -hmm. give me what." So. What would you say uh, an advice 
you would give to uh, recruiters uh, when they're dealing with, uh, you know, thousands of applications? Because I've started to notice on LinkedIn, there's like a slow negative backlash in terms of uh, how recruiters are treating, uh, you know, their applicants in a way like yeah. ghosting them or, yes. you know, promise an interview, then don't follow up. And I've noticed yeah. that a lot more in the past, you know, three months. What are your thoughts on that? And, uh, you know, give me some reasons why you think uh, that is happening. Well, I've been, I, you know, before I came to Toronto, I was recruiting people for my teams oh, okay. that I had. So I built relationships with recruiters. Um, and I think it's important that um, hiring managers actually do build relationships, mm -hmm. meaning the recruiter should always ask them, not just give me a list of the skills you want, but actually spend 10 minutes to talk to mm -hmm. them and, and say, what kind of person do you want? Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of work ethic do you want? Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you want someone efficient? Do you want someone who's slow but very steady? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you want this? Do you want that? But ask, you know, it doesn't take long to ask someone, uh, a hiring manager, what do they actually really need? Instead of just review, re, you know, reducing everybody to a list of buzzwords. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say to any recruiter. Go the extra mile um, as, to the hiring manager to find out what do they need. Mm -hmm. Because you've got humans that you're recruiting for that position. Mm -hmm. And you, those people that you, re you, you recruit are going to be in a human team. So mm -hmm. it's got to be more than a numbers game. I would, that's the message I would give to recruiters. I know their job is really, really hard. I'm sure, yeah. Um, and that they can only read the first, I don't know, 10 lines of every resume. Mm -hmm. But I think they should also try and educate candidates to say, this is the way I read a resume mm -hmm. because, you know, if, if you know how a recruiter reads a resume, then you can make sure that you put in the information that's going to make you stand out in that area. The first I was told by one that I know, please write everything that's important in the first, you know, 30 percent of the page. OK. And the rest is to back that up. Okay. But go with if you do that, then you have a better chance. That's what they said to mm -hmm. me. So the first 30%, right. like the first top half, uh, third is the most yeah, important. Yeah, the first third of the page mm -hmm. um, is the most important. That's one tip. and that, But that's from one recruiter. Mm -hmm. Maybe another recruiter will say, you know, I don't want to see anything more than one page or anything more than two pages. Um, or I don't care about your education. That can go at the end. Another will say, I need to know your top level of education on the very first page. And stuff like that, but you—it's not consistent across yeah. recruiters. That's a real problem uh, for candidates. They don't know um, how that's going to be. And that's also going to be different for each, uh, I guess, uh, industry from tech to finance. Absolutely, to, uh, absolutely, yeah. it can vary a lot. But what I think would be useful, though, is um, uh, one of the things is to join a professional association. Okay. Um, so, for instance, I'm part of PMI, the Project Management Institute mm -hmm. of Toronto. And, um, you know, there are people, you know, whether mentors or others, who, who they have experience. And we also, you know, know some recruiters mm -hmm. who have experience and can, you know, really say, if you want to be a project manager for company X, 
um, this is the way you should really try and build your resume for them. Mm. Um, if you're a young person, you should be doing this. If you're a you know kind of transitioner, do that. And if you're an older one, do this. And so I think it's one, it can be very industry specific, but um, two, it can also be, you know, if you have a good association to go to, they can help. Mm-hmm. And like we live in the city of Toronto, there's a lot of great association and I guess collectives of uh, everything. They're all there. Yeah, they're all there. You have to reach out to them. I was speaking with someone um, a few days ago who'd been here for a year um, as a project manager and hadn't reached out to the to their project management um, institute branch. Okay. They just hadn't, and they 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 were too shy. Mm. They didn't think. It, so I think you know you, you got to really fire on all the cylinders and. This is pandemic times. Take your chance. Mm. That's how I see it. So your advice is to just go for it. You have nothing to lose. Just put yourself out there, and uh, you know, hopefully, you that no one, uh, someone will catch catch your attention or something, or someone will catch your attention. Yeah, uh, I, I would, I would, I would go further and say, time. You know, before we know it, it will be six months mm. since the beginning of the pandemic, and you have to look back and say. That was a really tough six months. What did I do? Mm-hmm. And if you've been unemployed for that six months, you've got to be thinking, what did I build? Yeah. Or who did I network with? Mm-hmm. And if those answers are zero, then, you know, you could have done... It's better to go ahead and make some mistakes, mm-hmm. um, especially now, rather than to do nothing. That's, true. That's what I would say. You know, build something badly. It's better than building nothing. Mm-hmm. Um Sending out 500 resumes, it doesn't help if you're sending out the same kind of yeah. thing and you're getting the same kind of response. Mm-hmm. You know, you have get to better advice, change constantly things. Constantly engage, build something, and send out, and always constantly tweak your resume. Tweaking is the watchword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and get feedback. Mm-hmm. Try and get as much feedback uh, as you can. We, you know, I look at it this way we don't have to commute anywhere, most That's of true, us yeah. now. We work from home. Mm-hmm. So we got an extra two hours per day, some some of us, mm-hmm. to tweak or to read LinkedIn articles, mm-hmm. you might say, mm-hmm. or to do other useful things. It could be Netflix time, but we could actually use that to try and make make mistakes mm-hmm. during that time, um, but but fail forward kind of thing. Okay. So what would you say um, for someone who you know just graduated into this pandemic? versus someone who's transitioning their career or versus someone who's you know a little bit uh later on in their career in terms of uh looking for a job since you know these are like three different levels some people with no experience some people with like maybe like less than three four years experience and some who have 20 years of experience what tips would you give to these types of folks um for okay there's a three different yeah there's a yeah, these are three different types, but I've got, I've, I could say generally one tip uh, for which fits all of them is um, try two, ty- two types of volunteering. Volunteering. Um, one is, yeah, volunteering is really useful. I yeah. agree. So um, one is find your passion, something that not necessarily is your work, but is socially or otherwise a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, if I like sport, I built a hackathon around the sport I mm-hmm. like. Or if I like photography, I go and meet other photographers. You, As you walk to take pictures, you talk. You are networking. Mm-hmm. 
So build something that keeps, you know, do something that keeps you interested as a volunteer. Okay. Secondly, of course, volunteer in, in, in some way or form that's to do with your profession. Mm -hmm. uh, and everyone can find a way. Um, if you build websites, then go and do that for social good. Mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you're a project manager, do the same. If you're a tech person who is, you know, doing data science, go and do it for someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it it doesn't have to be all for money, but, you know, take your three, four hours a week and do something which is going to help you network. It's going to keep you busy um, and so on. So that's a general for all three. Okay. Um, now, if I talk about the young people, a young person who's just come out, just graduated, um, it's tough. Of really course, tough. it's tough. Um, but try and take a long term approach. I would say try and try and think. Okay, I know I need a job now, but try and think where will I be in two years' time, and build to that to that two-year mm -hmm. span instead of thinking only immediate. Okay. Because two years is not long. If you've if you've just graduated from you know with the, with your bachelor's and you need to get a master's, that's another year and a half on top. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to go for the master's, you could also do something vocationally mm -hmm. in the meantime. It doesn't have to be only online courses and so on. Um, it could also be something like TaskRabbit for mm. 10 hours a week. But th that might not seem glamorous, mm -hmm. but it gets you out of the house or it gets you to do stuff mm -hmm. for, for, for people. And it gets you to think of being a service-oriented person. Mm -hmm. You know, it might, you know, being a quality-oriented person. Those two factors are really important. It builds maturity in the workforce. Uh, that's a very young professional who needs to get a job. Of course, have fun. And mm -hmm. of course, keep going for your vocation. If you've done finance, then keep going You know, further. I would say that if you're someone who's older um, or even the, the one who's in the middle area, you've got transformational skills. You've got transitional skills. You've got to, you know, I look at it, uh, take seven things about yourself or make seven stories or seven qualities seven mm -hmm. now imagine you're going to an interview you want to twist that interview if you eventually get it towards your strengths rather than away from your strengths let's say you think you're a great organizer then you know build some stars to do with that um you know build some historical things about that that you can relate to that really makes sense mm -hmm. Uh, and then relate those to the kind of job that you might be applying to or to your cover letter. Mm. You know, that's and, and take seven things. You know, maybe you're a good organizer mm. um, in your job. Uh, maybe you're really good with, um, you know, onboarding people. Mm. Or perhaps you're, you know, the one person who always looks at the risks of any project and you've managed to save projects because you're that person and so on. So each of those, I only mentioned three. They each can have stories built around yeah. them where you're the star person. Um, and, you know, when you do that, uh, you can then really approach in a, in, an, in a way jobs which makes it very unique mm -hmm. to you but fits that so, job. And you can also be very relevant in an interview. Storytelling is a key skill for absolutely across ages, across industries to really succeed totally. and put yourself yes. out yes. there. Like it's like yes, selling, convincing yes. people, and, and but it's genuine, genuine. It's yeah, I think on my resume, I actually put 
like one of my skills is a, a great storyteller or something like that. Uh, well, here you are doing a <laughs> podcast, so you are you're you know you're extending your skill to that. Yeah, of course, of course. I, I there was something I should say about young professionals. Um, I speak to a lot of young professionals, and um, you know, as part of the mentoring school yeah. I run, and one of the one of the things that they say. There's two things. One is imposter syndrome. Oh, I get uh, that. Which we all have. We all okay. have it. We I all have it. it. Even yeah, yeah. So I don't even want to. I won't go for. It. But the second thing is, I I hear from you know saying I don't really have much to say. I don't have. I haven't built anything. Mm. I'm not. I haven't got a career yet. And I say to those people, yes, you do. Go back to your passions. Mm. You must be passionate about something. Mm. Hey, if you're a, if you're someone who likes to have fun, then you probably have passion about mm-hmm. something. Um, you, you there is something there in everyone that they can bring out and they can say, you know, if if you're into maths and you say, you know, I love numbers to the point that you know I I dream in numbers. Mm-hmm. I can build you anything with numbers. I am your numbers person. I am, I'm, you know, that's a talking mm-hmm. point. Even if you're just like everyone else in your class, but if you come across like that and show that, you know, it's all, your life is obsessed with numbers mm-hmm. uh, and you make it yeah. fun, then I want to hire you. You know, I'm, you know, it's, it's rather than someone says, yeah, I got a first degree and I'm great yeah. and uh, I feel really good. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference. So on top of really highlighting your passions, I think one thing you could add on that is like if there's a specific field or um thing you want to get into for example data science and there's a topic you're passionate about one thing you could do is like create a machine learning project around that topic that absolutely you have that you have a good i would say domain knowledge about it and you can talk about it a lot more than some random a machine learning project that's one thing. Yeah, I remember. Or, I remember one of our one one of the colleagues. I was going to say our, but I won't <laughs> do that on the show. One of the colleagues. Um, I remember um, during a data science course that uh, I underwent, and he came up with something, and I was like, "Wow!" He came up with uh, Pokemon cards, um, and he was, and he had a great set of models around Pokemon cards, and I was like. You know, these are cartoon cards for kids. Mm-hmm. But actually, he said, look, I really love these since I was like a t- five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And now is my chance to show something about Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, but for AI and machine learning. And he, ca- he, he with his five or 10-minute talk, he captured me. And so that's something, you know, you, he, he brought mm-hmm. it out um, that said, if this person was in another team, they have the passion, and um, and not only that, they they have the thoroughness to get a job done from end mm-hmm. to end, and and that's and that's more than reading all the books that you get given on the course mm-hmm. and passing all the exams. He did something that was about him mm-hmm. and what he yeah. liked, and brought it in with relevance. And I think that's a really important point. I mean, um, that everyone can try to. It do. also makes your experience of building that a lot more enjoyable since uh something that something that you're passionate about in general totally totally bring Mm -hmm. that to the team you know bring that to to the table you know i think every employer um i I mean as i said i've also been a hiring manager in Mm -hmm. my past life there's it's horrible to have 400 resumes on the table and having to go through them and thinking what's different what's different what's different um even at interview stage 
So if you can bring all the skills like everyone mm-hmm. else, but bring an extra touch, mm-hmm. um, it's going to make you stand out. So soft skills still matter. Soft <laughs> skills matter more than anything else. Yes. <laughs> I should. I'm not even laughing about that, but. Yeah, soft skills matter. They 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 matter the most. Um, but usually, the way that the recruiting systems are set up, it makes it more as if they don't mm-hmm. matter. But especially um, with like, they do uh, matter. What are those systems that kind of like auto analyze ATS systems? ATS. Like, oh, do you have the right buzzwords and stuff like that? And, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a lazy. That that is um. I, I, maybe I shouldn't say lazy. That's when recruitment, the system is overwhelmed, mm. totally overwhelmed. And that's why I say, if you can find a way of going mm. direct um, and making an impression, um, you got a, you got yeah. another chance um, to get through screening and get in, into the so back essentially of, of, of the nowadays, building. Finding a job during pandemic, you have to be a little bit extra creative around putting yourself out there. Since one, it's an employer's market. Uh, there's a lot of people looking yes. for jobs. I, I sometimes I look at like job posts on LinkedIn and I see like within the past two days over 500 applicants. Like, wow, that's yes. crazy! Yes. It's discouraging. It discouraging. It's horrible. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I ask, yeah. like, man, I, I don't have that much experience. Should I put myself out there, or should I just put, should yeah. I apply, or should I find a different strategy to get my resume in the door? And you know, that's why you have to be creative, connect with people, engage with people. Is what this is why I'm doing this podcasting session is to connect and engage with people in general. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think I, you know one of the things that is also important is um, I think it's to chunk it's to chunk our lives. Um, it's not just okay. So I didn't get that mm-hmm. job this time, and therefore I'm just going to keep going every day. I think if you have a plan of let's say two months mm-hmm. or four months or yeah. so on. Something where you can chunk that up and say, right, in two months, if I haven't got a job, I will have done also mm. X. You know, um, you know, I will have built portfolio component mm. X at the same time. So that you have various waves of different things running in parallel. One, of course, is the job hunting um, with applications. Two is the networking. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps three is the you're, you're building yeah. something. The four may be about your profile and your your own personal mm-hmm. branding, um, those things, and they run in parallel. But you know, you, you have to have some kind of milestones to say, well, I need to do this by that mm-hmm. time. And if I fail with um, job hunting, well, at least I know that you know during that last two months, I gained ten people who mm-hmm. are useful in my mm-hmm. network, and I built project yeah. one, two, one and two. Uh, with count, you have to count your little so, wins. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, yes. those yes. connections you built, maybe a year or two from now, you will rely on them. You can ask them again. Uh, it's great to always constantly expand your network, especially if you've built a genuine connection with someone else. And it's more important these days, uh, that person is going to be more likely to help you out uh, down the line. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Always bring somebody. I, I say, always bring somebody yeah. something. Um, there are a lot of people who just ask, "Give yeah. me this" or "Help me out for that," but they're not giving you. I'm not saying it has to be an exchange, but I'm saying if you can go to somebody with something, it's better than you know going empty-handed. Yeah. Uh, I had one person when I first moved to Toronto while I was starting out here tell me about their networking philosophy 
they believed in the idea of giving more to your network and then receiving from your network. So I agree with for that. them, how they found useful was they are willing to help out almost anyone who wants to again touch with them, or at least make time for as much as many people as they can. Because she, when she told me, believed that just giving more to network will pay a lot more dividends down the line, span of a you know, if you think about it long term. And I and I really took yeah. that to heart, and I really try my best to make an authentic connection when networking and also have in my mind you know to not expect anything from them just make a genuine connection yes and i think that's very important well i think i think yeah I, yeah, yeah i agree i agree with that um you know give give more than you receive hmm. um perhaps you will receive well, well as you build up a relationship over time it evens out that's true normally yeah well, I think you and I have covered a lot of topics and we've had a lot of a uh, great discussion here. So I really want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, uh, it's been my pleasure. I really enjoyed that. We have to that. wrap it up soon or else the show will be too long. Uh, however, <laughs> as for all my guests, I'm giving you a 30 to a minute plug in terms of like what you want to talk about, uh, anything you're up to these days. So you have the floor. Ooh, well, I should start by saying I am a black man and um, I, I believe in um, changing the system from the inside out. Um, and I'm determined to be one of the leaders in AI, um, someone who can help you um, to change the way that um, you build your AI systems, um, learn about your AI systems both in hard skills and in soft skills, diversify your team, but for the right reasons as well. This is what my intention is to do. I want to be a pioneer. I have been a pioneer in Germany, um, stuck, uh, starting off there and having to learn the language from scratch and eventually becoming a CTO in a medium-sized bank. So I believe that anything is possible. And I want to demonstrate to you, to the people that, you need to take on people that um, can help you uh, to broaden your perspectives, not just for the skills that you need tomorrow, but also for the next six months, one year, two years that will help you build. And that's why, you know, I'm even on the show, I guess, um, because I want to do that. I'll give some drive um, and I will also make sure that, you know, there's a really strong commitment. It's not just like saying I work mm -hmm. hard. Uh, people who know me will know that I really take on things with a passion, especially if um, they're doing good things. I, I want to be involved in that and get it done. Very good. So, yes, if you want to speak to me, I'm building AI and blockchain systems together with people. And uh, I'll do that for you as well. Amazing. Um, and are you willing for my listeners to connect with you? Absolutely. Of course, you can connect with me. When you do connect with me, ask me a question. But before you do that, have a look at my LinkedIn. You'll see more about my story there and the other things that I do. Thank you, Edward. See you later. Hey, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. This is the end of the show. Thank you for tuning into the Pandemic Job Hunt podcast. As always, I would love to get feedback. So don't hesitate to get in touch through my Twitter at Andrew H. N. Berry, 
or LinkedIn. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, you can find the guest form on the website pandemicjobhunt.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. See you next time.